Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Never in the history of the United States, a monster of such size and power. Welcome to Listen to This, a podcast that brings you the stories behind the songs and artists with a theme to tie it all together. Here's your host, Eric Leckie. Welcome to Listen to This. This is the podcast dedicated to bringing you stories behind the artists, behind the songs, and hopefully introducing you to old songs that have influenced all the music that you hear today. The goal is we want you to hear an artist that you might not normally listen to and search out their music on whatever streaming service you subscribe to and maybe even buy it on vinyl. We invite you to subscribe, comment, and of course, please just recommend this podcast to a friend. One friend, that's all we ask. Every episode has a theme and today's is God and Religion. David Lee Roth lights the menorah so do James Conkirk, Douglas, and the late Dinah Shora. Guess who eats together at the Carnegie Deli? Bowser from Shanana and Arthur Fonzarelli. <laughs> Paul Newman's half Jewish, Goldie Hawn's half too. Put them together. What a fine looking Jew. the halls or jingle bell rock cause you can spin a dreidel with Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock both Jewish put on your yarmulke it's time for Hanukkah the owner of the Seattle Supersonicas celebrate Hanukkah OJ Simpson not a Jew with last week's episode of Filth that I brought you with Wow, That's Inappropriate. Today I figured we all needed to clean up our acts, so I figured the time was right to go to church and study God and religion. This isn't just about gospel songs or so-called church music. It's looking at all the ways that God and religion is mentioned and utilized in popular songs. Sometimes it's used as a blasphemous sarcasm, and sometimes it's used as a call-out for help. Either way, we are exploring it today. Not too many songs are just a list of things that happen in your religion mixed with the recitation of famous members of your said religion, except 
That song I just brought you at the top, that was Adam Sandler with the Hanukkah song. Adam Sandler wrote this novelty song with Saturday Night Live writers Lewis Morton and Ian Maxtone Graham, who also did The Simpsons. He he performed on the show's Weekend Update segment on December 3rd of 1994. The song details how Jewish kids feel left out during Christmas season, and he rattles off a list of celebrities who are full Jews, part Jews, converted Jews, or not Jews at all. We're looking at you, O.J. Simpson. After incorporating it into his stand-up routine, he included the song in his 1996 comedy album, What the Hell Happened to Me. Since then, he has written two follow-ups to the song, each with a new list of celebs. All right, so say your prayers. Here we go. Why can't we be humble like the good Lord say? Promise to exalt us, but no is the way. How men be so greedy when there's so much left? All things are God given, and they all have been blessed. Let mourning sobbing cease Learn to help one another And live in perfect peace If we just be humble Like the good Lord saying He promised to exalt us But love is the way fabulous song you will be humming that chorus all day long that's the way god planned it that's the way yep all day long and now that's the way god planned it is a song by the american musician billy preston and it was the title track to his 1969 album of the same name it was issued as a single the song was preston's really first release on beatles apple record label following his guest role on the band's get back sessions which he kind of became the fifth Beatle on uh it wound up being the let it be album and some of the songs that made their way onto the abbey road album you can see in the marvelous documentary on disney plus by peter jackson billy was already a much respected keyboard virtuoso noted especially for his time with sam cook little richard and ray charles the song is produced by former Beatle and now a solo artist at this point george harrison the song is fantastic, and Billy is deserving of his new spot as the newest member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He not only gave the Beatles the sound they used on their last two albums, but in the 70s, he was a regular keyboardist for the Rolling Stones when they were on tour. But the real story is who Billy Preston's backing band was on this song. It's insane. Imagine a supergroup with Billy Preston on lead vocals and instrumentation by Keith Richards, Eric Clapton, George Harrison, and Ginger Baker. 
but it's not a fantasy. It actually happened. The song is crammed with stellar performances. Keith Richards actually played bass. Uh, Ginger Baker is on drums and tambourine at the same time. Harrison was lead guitarist and Clapton contributed all the solos. Doris Troy also by this time signed to Apple Records added backing vocals along with the ever in demand Madeline Bell on vocals. What would it be and would you call it to his face If you were faced with him in all his glory What would you ask if you had just one question short little time in the 90s. It was written by Eric Bazilian, who was working on the album with Rob Hyman and Rick Chertoff. In an interview in Rolling Stone, they said, for me, the song was more about what happens when you look at something that has completely changed your worldview, which could be meeting God or meeting an alien. It could be a near-death experience or anything like that. Just how everything you know is wrong or everything you know is right, you just didn't know it before that moment. Eric and his songwriting partner, who also happens to be his wife, ran a small record company who had just signed an unknown singer, Joan Osborne, to their label and needed a song for her to sing. What If God Was One of Us, or it is now known by a shortened name, One of Us, was the first song they had her record. It was a big hit and unfortunately the only hit of her career. Mm, my Lord mm, 
That was George Harrison, the former Beatle, with My Sweet Lord. Oh my goodness, what a fabulous song. This was Harrison's first single as a solo artist, and it was his biggest hit. The song is about the Eastern religions that he was studying. Highly unusual, though, for a hit song. Harrison repeats part of a Hindu mantra in the lyric when he sings, Hare Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. When set to music, this mantra is typically part of a chant that acts as a call to the Lord. Harrison interposes it with a Christian call to faith, hallelujah. He was pointing out that hallelujah and Hare Krishna are quite the same thing. This was recorded at Abbey Road Studios using the same equipment the Beatles were using. There were some familiar faces at the sessions who contributed to the Beatles albums, including John Lennon, Yoko Ono, Billy Preston, who I played for you just a moment ago, and Eric Clapton. Bobby Whitlock was friends with Harrison, and Clapton played uh, as well, and then the keyboards were, of course, played by Billy Preston. When this song was released, the phrase Hare Krishna was associated with the religious group called the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, whose members would often approach passengers in airports seeking donations and trying to solicit members. Individuals in this group became popularly known as Hare Krishnas, generally with a negative connotation. What a song that is, and what an album that is. When this podcast is over, go put on the album All Things Must Pass from George Harrison. These songs about God and religion so far are very catchy tunes. You will really be humming the choruses from these tunes uh, long after you listen to this podcast, as is that one uh, from the band Ecstasy with Dear God. I, I, that, that little child's voice is uh, going to be haunting me the rest of my life. This was inspired by a series of books with the same title, which lead singer Andy Partridge saw as an exploitation of children. The song is essentially a letter to God asking about his existence. The opening verse is sung by a friend's eight-year-old daughter, Jasmine Violette, but was later lip-sync in the video by a young boy. Uh, to me, it will always be a young boy. That's the image I see in my mind. Todd Rundgren produced the Skylark album. He cites the experiences of one of his most unpleasant 
of his career. According to Todd Rundgren, Andy Partridge wanted to produce the album himself, but Ecstasy's record company insisted on bringing in Todd. The process dragged on and on, and as Rundgren tells it, Partridge hated performing, so he would spend as much time in the studio as he could. Rundgren was a big XTC fan when he started the project, but says he couldn't even listen to them after the project. XTC hated performing so much that they only played a handful of shows since 1986. of using God or religion in a negative connotation. That was the band Motorhead with their song, Bad Religion. Lemmy from Motorhead was just attacking all religions because he believes that they use their power over followers to manipulate them. And if there is a true God, he certainly would believe the mass-worshipped religious crap. The song is also a direct attack on TV evangelists and the people who follow them blindly. Hence the lyric, Evangelistic Nazis, you cannot frighten me. feel about religion. That was John Lennon with his song, God. Lennon wrote this about the worshiping of false idols. He felt organized religion did more harm than good. And imagine, he sang about a world where there was no religion. Lennon was not an atheist, but he believed that God was something different to everyone. He also believed that people focused too much on the teacher, God, rather than what is supposed to be taught. In songs like this one and Imagine, Lennon was trying to send the message that we should not let religion and other things get in the way of how we think life should be lived in. And Imagine living for today means live life as there is no afterlife or God and do the best you can. In this song, 
just believe in me, he states in his life, regardless of anything else, just believe in yourself. Before recording this album, John and Yoko began primal scream therapy, which was a very emotional time for them. Lennon was dealing with the breakup of the Beatles and the death of his mother, and primal scream therapy turned out to be just a hokey religion. At the time, Lennon had some hard feelings towards the Beatles, especially Paul McCartney. He made the statement that he was moving on with the line in the song, I don't believe in the Beatles. While Lennon was recording this stark denunciation of Christianity at Abbey Road Studios, George Harrison was next door completing work on All Things Must Pass. I was in one room singing My Sweet Lord, said Harrison, and John was in the other room singing I don't believe in Jesus, I don't believe in nothing. Sounded like maybe George Harrison had things a little bit more straightened out. Last night I heard this politician Talking about his brand new mission Liked his plans but they came undone When it got around to God and guns I don't know how he grew up But it sure wasn't down at the hunting club Cause if it was he'd understand Just a little bit more about the working man God and guns Keep us strong Well, that was good old Leonard Skinner with their song God and Guns. It's a title track from Leonard Skinner's 12th studio album. The song title is a reference to a speech that President Obama gave in San Francisco when he referenced Americans who cling to their guns and religion. Vocalist Johnny Van Zant admitted to Billboard magazine that this track is likely to strike people as politically incorrect, but self-censorship has never been in Leonard Skinner's vocabulary. Them that's got shall have, them that's not shall lose. So the Bible said, and it still is news, Mama may have, Papa may have, but God bless the child that's got his own, that's got his own, yes, the strong gets more while the weak ones fade empty pockets don't ever make the grave mama may have papa may have but god bless the child that's got his own that's got his own Love me that voice. That was Billie Holiday with God Bless the Child. This was written by Billie Holiday 
with her frequent collaborator Arthur Herzog in 1941. She wrote the lyrics after an argument with her mother, Sadie, over financial matters. See, just a few years earlier, Holiday loaned her mom thousands of dollars when she was out and down on her luck to open her own restaurant. But then when Billy found herself in need of cash many years later, Sadie declined to lend her any money. In the autobiography Lady Sings the Blues, Holiday recalled how in the course of the fight, her mother uttered the old proverb, God bless the child, that got his own. The singer's anger over the incident led her to turn that line into the starting point for this song. The song was recorded on May 9th, 1941 in New York. Holiday was joined by Eddie Haywood and his orchestra, who had backed her on several occasions. She opens a song with her own interpretation of that phrase, the, the biblical observation of them who's got shall get, them who's not shall lose. So the Bible says, but it still is news. The verse that Lady Day is referring to is... Quote, for everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even when he has, he will be have and taken away from him. Matthew twenty five twenty song that never gets played, but I played for you the alternate take of that rare song, just because it gives me shits and giggles. The song is called God Knows, and that was Bob Dylan, of course, who appeared on the very underrated album Under the Red Sky, but it was originally recorded for the Oh Mercy album, which that's what you heard was the outtake version from that album. The theme of the song is about God as an omnipotent and omniscient seeing of what all of us do and knowing all of our secrets kind of a God. What is interesting is the evolution of the rhetoric between the original version from the O Mercy Sessions. Uh, of seven verses of the first version, which was released on the Bootleg Series Volume Number 8, the songwriter only kept one verse and completely rewrote the song. For instance, instead of singing God Knows There's an Answer, he sings God Knows There's a Purpose, God Knows There's a Heaven. And you, you know what? Why not? Why not play two Dylan? 
two Dylan songs in a row. It's my show, and I feel like doing it, damn it. Among the aficionados of American folk music, the name Bob Dylan, I'm told, is murmured with hushed respect. He it was who wrote the now-famous protest song called Blowing in the Wind. He's just arrived here to sing at the Royal Festival Hall, and his latest protest is called With God on Our Side. Oh, my name, it ain't nothing. My age, it means less. Big country I come from is called the Midwest. I was taught and brought up there, the laws to abide. And that the land that I live in has God on its side. Ah, oh, the history books tell it, they tell it so well. The cavalry's charge, the Indians fell. The cavalry's charge, the Indians died. Ah, the country was young, with God on its side. Spanish American wars had its day, and the Civil War too was soon laid away. And the names of the heroes I was made to memorize with guns in their hands and God on their side. Well, I wanted to play you another rare version. This one was live from a British TV show, Bob Dylan with God on Our Side. And that was very, very young Bob Dylan, by the way. But but listen to those lyrics. He's already in leading like poet laureate of America phrase uh, this, this young, which is amazing. The lyrics are absolutely genius. I played you the whole song. This is an anti-war song with a clear religious element. It calls into question the idea that if God was on the side of the winners of wars, ending with the idea of if God's on our side, he'll stop the next war. A lot of biblical references are courtesy of St. Paul and his writings in the Bible. The lyrics radically questioned American history and beyond that, all wars of the last century. The message was clear. If you believe the history books, the nations that triumphed were those that supposedly had God on their side. Surely Dylan condemned those who claimed divine intervention to justify murder, even in war. The fantastic line, though they murdered six million in the ovens they fried, the Germans now too apparently have God on their side. Then, in in the second to last verse, Dylan forces the listener to take sides. He says that Jesus Christ was betrayed by a kiss, but I can't think for you. You'll have to decide whether Judas Iscariot had God on his side. Pretty deep stuff from Dylan. Well, you know, Johnny always wore black, and he uh, he wore black because he identified with the the poor and the uh, and the, and the, and the downtrodden.
can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Go tell that long tongue liar. Go and tell that midnight rider. Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Well, my goodness gracious, let me tell you the news. My head's been wet with the midnight dew. I've been down on bended knee, talking to the man from Galilee. He spoke to me with a voice so sweet. I thought I heard the shuffle of angels' feet. He called my name and my heart stood still. When he said, "John, go do my will. Go tell that long-tongued liar. Go and tell that midnight rider. Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Tell him that God's." First recorded by the Golden Gate Quartet all the way back in 1947, this traditional American folk tune warns evildoers of God's inescapable wrath. Johnny Cash recorded his version, which is the one I just played for you, in 2003. And it was released as the lead single from his posthumously released number one album, American Five, A Hundred Highways, in 2006. The star-studded music video was directed by Tony Kay, but the idea came from Justin Timberlake, believe it or not. The concept came to him while he was listening to Cash's album with producer Rick Rubin while on a break in the recording studio. When they got to this track, Timberlake told Rubin, who also produced the Johnny Cash album American Five, the video should feature celebrities wearing Cash's signature black as a tribute to the late singer. Nearly 40 stars appear in the black and white clip, including uh, Timberlake, of course, course, but you got Iggy Pop, Kanye West, uh, Bono, Chris Martin of Coldplay, Chili Peppers, uh, Anthony Kiedis and Flea, Adam Levine, Keith Richards, Sheryl Crow, Graham Nash, Mick Jones, Johnny Depp, among others. Footage was shot in New York, L.A., London, and Amsterdam. Features close-up shots of the black-clad celebs whose expressions capture the emotion of hearing the song. Some of them like a teary-eyed Shelby Lynn for the first time. Each person got to design their own moment, Ruben told MTV, but Tony was looking for more of the instant emotional impact than a pre-planned skit. Nobody was asked to lip-sync, so pretty much everything happened on its own and was spontaneous. As for me, this is a simple yet great song and a music video that is so enjoyable I watched it four times while preparing for this episode. In God's country. Oh, 
That was U2 with In God's Country. I played for you the live version from 1987 when U2 was at the height of their powers. One of the songs on the Joshua Tree album that explores American culture and politics. Bono's lyrics were inspired by the Statue of Liberty in New York City, among other things. He was concerned that the American dream was being threatened by shady politics. In 1987, in a radio interview, Bono explained that he was also addressing Americans' tendency to align themselves with old political ideologies instead of coming up with new ideas. I quote, I thought, put off the old, put on the new. He said, where are the new dreams? Where are the new dreamers? And we need new dreams tonight is the line where I wonder where they are. And I want to see them. The lyric, I stand with the sons of Cain, refers to the biblical Cain in the book of Genesis. One of the descendants of Cain, Jubal, was the first ever musician. According to the Genesis account, he was the father of who all played the harp and the lute. The Joshua Tree album, the second of many U2 albums produced by Brian Eno and Daniel Lanois, launched the Irish rockers into superstardom. The ensuing world tour had them performing in sold-out stadiums for the first time. Alabama's got me so upset Tennessee's made me lose my rest Everybody knows about me me so upset the whole world has made me lose my rest everybody knows about mississippi god damn can't you see it can't you feel it it's all in the air i can't stand the pressure much longer somebody say a prayer alabama's got me so upset Powerful, powerful song. Um, that was Nina Simone with Mississippi Goddamn. I wanted to give you a song using God in a different context. In this instance, she is saying God, but using it in vain, as my mother would say, to really drive a point home. That was live from 1968, by the way. A classically trained pianist, Nina Simone wrote hundreds of songs, but rarely put words to them. But when she did, it was often to speak out against racism and injustice. She wrote this song in response to the murder of civil rights leader Medgar Evers in Mississippi in 1963, and also to the bombing of the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama, which killed four little black girls on September 15th of 1963, both 
tragic events. Simone was born in South Carolina in 1933 and got so frustrated with America that she left the country in 1969, living in several countries the rest of her life, including Liberia, Switzerland, and France. In the March 24, 1986 issue of Jet magazine, Nina Simone said that her protest songs really did hurt her career. She further added that of all the protest songs she released, Mississippi Goddamn probably hurt her career the worst, but was the one that she was the most proud of. song. The title is a variation on the Southern expression, lost my religion, meaning something has challenged your faith to such a degree that you might lose your religion. The song has nothing to do with religion, actually, but the title is significant. If you are losing your religion over a person, you are losing faith in that person and questioning the relationship. R.E.M. lead singer Michael Stipe wrote the lyrics, which has said, he said it more about obsession and unrequited love, which is powerful and dangerous in combination. Throughout the song, he is burying his soul, searching for hidden meaning and hopeful signs, but driving himself mad in the process. Cinnamon, where you gonna run to? Cinnamon, where you gonna run to? Where you gonna run to? All on that day, will I run to the rock? Please hide me and run to the rock. Please hide me and run to the rock. Please hide me, Lord. All on that day, but the rock cried out. I can't hide you the rock right out I can't hide you the rock right out I ain't gonna hide you down All on that day I said rock What's the matter with you rock Don't you see I need you rock Lord, Lord, Lord All on that day So I run to the It was bleeding around to the sea It was bleeding all on that day So I ran to the river It 
songs and I played you two Nina Simone songs. I mean, one Nina Simone wasn't enough on this subject. And so once again, it's my podcast. So go send it to the complaint department, I guess. That was her song, Center Man, clocking in at over 10 minutes. Simone's version of this African-American traditional spiritual song is about an outpouring of a tense emotion, possibly tied to her own religious beliefs, own political fervor, or the battle for civil rights, condemning her own sins or condemning societies. It doesn't matter. It is featured on her 1965 album, Pastel Blues. The song is inspired by the book of Exodus, where Moses leads a group of people out of Egypt only to be punished by a series of plagues when they are not truly repentant for their sins. The story is also told in Psalm 78. Expressions on the faces of the starting millions of power break them down. The view that drives the clan, he's the motive and the conscience of the murder. He's a preacher on TV, the false sincerity, the former head that's written by the big computers and nuclear bombs. The kids with no bombs, and I'm fearful that he's inside me. with their band name, Bad Religion, they often take what they feel is a misguided religious sentiment in their songs as themes. And American Jesus, which you just heard, flogs the concept of a nation believing it is more blessed by God than any other countries. Kind of think of it as Bob Dylan and with God on our side type of a vibe. Lead singer Greg Graffin and guitarist Brett wrote the song in response to the U.S. President George H.W. Bush's comment that the U.S. would win the Gulf War, the, the first one, because God is on their side. Hmm, where have I heard that song before? That's right, paging Bob Dylan on line one. It's pretty much a satirical view on the general American thought that the United States is the most powerful nation in the world because it is, quote, one nation under God. And now, the real queen of rock and roll, but from her gospel period. You say you done cut whiskey out. Let you have a little wine. But yet most everybody get only drunk. They must be drinking moonshine. But God don't like it. I know I'm so glad he don't like it. I know and ain't you glad he don't like it. I know it's a scandalous and a shame. They tell me that this yellow corn will make the very best kind. But you sure better turn that corn into bread. Stop that 
drinking moonshine because God don't like it. I know I'm so glad he don't like it. I know, thank God he don't like it. I know it's a scandal. I have a friend so precious. He's so very dear to me. He loves me faithfully. I could not live apart from him. I love to feel him, yeah. And so we dwell together, talking about my Lord and I. My Lord and I, can't you see that it's my Lord and I? So we dwell together, my Lord and I. My Lord and I, I'm so glad that it's my Lord and I. That was Sister Rosetta Tharp, a fantastic guitarist and the true queen of rock and roll with two songs there. God Don't Like It first and My Lord and I second. You know how much we love Sister Rosetta Tharp on this podcast. There's obviously a lot to choose from in the God and religion category when looking at Sister Rosetta Tharp, but that is what you get when you're a former nun. And now, thank God... This episode is finally coming to an end, and I'm going to pray for you. There it is. I just prayed for you, and you get to hear the best, the best song, song of all time. time. Now, I know that is a pretty bold statement, but I truly do believe that this song is the best song of all time. But don't take my word for it. The other person who said that this song is the greatest song ever made is Sir Paul McCartney. Brian Wilson wrote this song with Tony Asher, who was an advertising copywriter and lyricist that Wilson worked with on songs for the Pet Sounds album. The song reflects Wilson's interest in spirituality, and it was a big departure from previous Beach Boys songs that dealt with girls, cars, and surfing. The song is considered, of course, a Beach Boys classic, but it only managed to scrape the top 40 in the United States. That because it was released as only a B-side, partly because of their fear that radio stations would refuse to play a song with God in the title. In the liner notes to the reissued Pet Sounds album, Tony Asher explained, quote, I really thought it was going to be everything it was, and yet we were taking some real chances worth it. First of all, the lyric opens by saying, I may not always love you, which is a very unusual way of starting a love song. Carl Wilson handed lead vocals on this track to himself. He really lobbied for it with Brian. Not long after the song was released, he said, At present, our influence are of a religious nature in most of the songs that Brian is putting out. Brian Wilson planned to sing lead original himself, but decided that his brother was better suited. And then, of course, when Carl came to him and said, I want this song, it all worked out well. Quote, Brian said, I was looking for a tenderness and a sweetness, which I knew Carl had in himself, as well as his amazing voice, said Brian. The Beatles, Here, There, and Everywhere, was inspired by this song. John Lennon and Paul McCartney heard Pet Sounds at a party and went back to Lennon's house to write it and left the party to go write it. So if there was a song to ever turn up, it is this one. Please listen to it like you're hearing it for the first time. The fact is, it's a love song that starts with the line, I may not always love you, and that is shocking. Symphonically, it is the best song, in my humble opinion, that has ever been laid down on tracks. And I have to, of course, play the whole song. The Wrecking Crew is the band that Brian used during the recordings, was having a career day on this one. So finally, here is God Only Knows. Ooh. 
always love you But long as there are stars above you You never need to doubt it I'll make you so sure about it God only knows what I'd be without you If you should ever leave me Though life would still go on, believe me The world could show nothing to me So what good would living do me? God only knows what I'd be without you listening to listen to this please recommend to a friend and don't forget to rate review and subscribe for more podcasts and online content please visit thisisfunner.com <laughs>